what up, everybody? Surprise, surprise. It's Friday. We're here what? at 2.30, but let's get this show Early. on the road. Let's clean up during COVID. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Let's do this thing. Ham, drop the heat. Mm, all right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz. To schedule your time slot, don't forget to follow us on all our social media at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and so super honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today really cleans up well. I mean, sure, he looks great, but what I mean is that his company has created a coronavirus fighting tool for businesses. Our guest developed a line of electrostatic sprayers designed to disinfect spaces up to 40,000 square feet in just one hour. In a time when businesses everywhere are suffering, our guest's innovative cleaning tool has made it easier for companies to keep their customers safe and keep their doors open. So if you are operating a brick and mortar business during the pandemic and want to find a better way to keep your employees and customers safer, tune in to hear more about this product. Joining us today from Sanipro, home of the Santa Sprayer 360. Welcome to the show, Evan the Biz Melandro. All right. When there's a fellow the ball guy in the room, I feel that pit bull vibe. So it's got to have that party scene, right? That's how we roll. Mr. Evan, Bro welcome to the show, man. Dale, what's up, brothers? Dale, love it, love it. <laughs> All right, welcome man. to the show. Welcome to the show. I want to get right into this, dude. You're you providing such a quality service right now that is absolutely vital to a number of different businesses. But as a business owner, you can't absolutely serve everybody quite yet. Who's your target audience that you're going after right now? Well, right now is different than in the beginning. Beginning, I was really uh, just trying to be more of a humanitarian and uh, really helping out um, places of worship nursing homes, schools. Uh, that's where I started is really trying to make an impact and help people out when they didn't know how to fight this beast. Um, now, uh, more channeling into much, much bigger companies that have, you know, facilities all over the country, all over the world. Uh, so it's a much different uh, demographic that we're, you know, engaging with right now than uh, when we started. Dude, I miss going to the gym. I mean, I've been doing all my workouts, you know, here at home, 200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, and then going for my 3.8 mile run, right? It sounds good, except it's cold out right now in the morning. Like, it's, it's freezing. I really do miss going to the gym and just hopping on the treadmill through the winter. When we're when we're talking about cleaning and keeping things sanitary and doing that, those things, is there a limit to what you're doing? Can I? Can, are you are you working on gyms or can you go on restaurants or like what's what's the deal with the services that you offer? We're, we are everywhere. So any any place that has something you touch, a table, a wall, 
you know, uh, a treadmill, a desk. So, you know, our technology, our sprayer essentially sprays on everything. And it's not just the sprayer. It's also combining the right disinfectant with the tool. And uh, that's why we failed as a country and probably as a world fighting this COVID from the beginning because we weren't fighting it correctly. Uh, you know, besides not having masks, we weren't knocking down the virus inside our everyday spaces like the schools, the gyms, the Starbucks. Um, everyone was doing it wrong. And thank God, you know, people got educated. We did our best to educate people through many different platforms, even advertising, um, just to get everyone uh, to, to learn about the technology, that it really works. And if you're not using this technology, then you're really vulnerable to making your space dangerous for your staff or your customers. Tell me a little Yeah, right. Tell me a little bit about what your technology differs. I go to Walmart and they're collecting all the cards and I see a guy spraying them. Right. What separates normal sprays, normal disinfectants from what you're doing? All right. So there's a lot of science involved. So I'll keep it the, the short version instead of the eight hour version that no I'm a one fifth has grader, dude. For. Yeah, I'm a fifth <laughs> grader. Show me fifth grade. Ready? So regular sprayers that goes for the hand sprayers. It even goes for some, they had some electric pump sprayers in, in Home Depot. They shoot out a blast of chemical. And when it shoots out that blast of chemical, it's actually pushing the virus around. It's not killing it. The only way to kill this virus is if the proper disinfectant clings to the virus for minutes. It can be two minutes. It could be 10 minutes, depending on the actual disinfectant. But just spraying it, is not killing the virus. It's actually pushing it. It it just swims it. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So we would, you know, this whole country was just pushing this virus around, pushing it from this side of the desk to this side. They were wiping it, which is not the right. You cannot wipe this virus out unless you're wiping it aggressively, you know, for 30 seconds. But no one does that. They spray, they wipe, they move on. That's not doing anything. So this technology, uh, my electrostatic sprayer, it sprays uh, the solution with a very fine mist. So that stops that blast, that blast effect that pushes this virus. This virus actually has a heavy envelope, even though it's, you know, it's microscopic, it's heavy for a, you know, a virus or a germ. So this, our, you know, Santa sprayer 360, it puts out a mist that gently you know, engulfs the whole space you're spraying, but it, it, it has a, an electrostatic charge to it. Now that's important because now it allows your, your disinfectant to cling. It clings to all opposite charged objects, which is pretty much everything. The desk, you know, the, um, you know even your computer, um, chairs, everything. So the key to our technology is lightly misting and clinging to the surface and just obliterating all germs, uh, including the virus. And now people people are often afraid when we talk chemicals. I mean, right now you got a vaccine. You got half the population saying they're going to take it. You got the other half the population saying, hell no, I'm never going to take it, right? Uh, and so people are, are aware of 
risks that are involved whenever we're dealing with chemicals or whenever we're dealing with medications, that sort of stuff. Uh, what pushback and what's the objection handle that you're using when people are like, you know, I don't know, is it safe for me to walk into the room? Like, should I be wearing a mask after you spray? Like, what kind of pushback are you getting? How are you overcoming that? Well, you know, in the beginning, there was tons of pushback because the electrostatic sprayers are not cheap. So they're wondering, oh, what do I have to spend this kind of money? And depending on how much exposure is in your space, it's worth the investment, right? Then, then getting one of your you know, your patrons at a, at a restaurant. If one person gets sick and one person dies, then buying one sprayer was well worth it, right? Um, so the pushback is really, in America, everything's about the bottom line. Everyone cares about the money they're spending when they should have cared about how do we protect ourselves day one. Instead, everyone was, well, how can I keep running my business and not lose any more money and not spend any more money? And that was the wrong approach, which is biting us in the in the rear right now and for a while because everyone did it cheap and they did it wrong and that caused everyone to shut down. So the pushback was really, really strong in the beginning. But as people get educated and I spent tens of thousands of hours on the phone educating and I'm talking the top level of Fortune 500 company CEOs, um, not just small businesses, but very large ones. And even they couldn't wrap their head around the fact that they needed a technological sprayer to battle the virus. But it just took a lot of talking, a lot of scientific proof. It wasn't just talk. I just had to direct them to, to links online, you know, from the CDC to the EPA to, you know, college studies. So yeah, there was tons of pushback but I had to push back with education and the science doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> 60, ooh. Ooh, ooh, that'd be scary, right? That would right, be. Well, let's, uh, let, let's walk through your journey here, right? So you said, you know, at, at the beginning, you were trying to be, you know, nice to people who really needed it. Churches, you needed old folk homes, you needed, you know, whatever it was, you were there to help them out, right? Uh, tell me about that journey. Like, why is it that you did that? What was it, what was going on in your life ahead of time or, or when you first started as an entrepreneur that you felt that this is the opportunity where I get to give back? Well, I've had previous, you know, as an entrepreneur, I would say a serial entrepreneur, I've been involved with pretty much every business under the sun. And before COVID, I actually did have uh, a business that was a disaster and hazard cleanup business. So I was already well-versed in toxic environments and disasters. So I already had a good background on how to, you know, how to kill germs and viruses. I already, um, I actually had some experience with one of the inventors of, of uh, the actual technology of electrostatic spraying. Uh, they actually came to me because I was in a space where I was, um, I was working with some big companies like Arm & Hammer doing mold remediation. So they figured they'd come to me and talk about introducing this brand new technology. And this is going back, um, I think about eight, nine years ago. So I already had, I already had um, a background on how to deal with um, mitigating uh, toxic environments. I already had a background on the technology of how to do it. And um, I didn't want to just sit, uh, sit on my ass and watch people die and get sick. And, and obviously business is closing too. 
So I felt I needed to do something. Not to mention, I have you know I have several businesses, and a lot of my employees were essentially sitting home, not working. Businesses were shut down. So on top of that, it was twofold. I need to keep my employees busy. I had to keep revenue coming in. Um, so this was a good opportunity to keep people working, um, not just help people, but also, you know, help my own people and family. So, so if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you didn't, uh, you didn't invent this, you implemented a strategy, right? Uh, you're saying that they came to you to help kind of do this stuff. When somebody approaches you and says, Hey, we're going to do this electronic spray, right? I mean, you are, you're more well-versed. But to me, it sounds like, wait, you're going to shock the crap out of people. What, what's the difference between you, the, the spray that you're using? Because, you know, I, I, it is static. So I'm thinking more like balloons. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, exactly. Right. How do you, you know, you, you know, when you approach somebody like that, how's that education process going? Like, how, how are you getting them to, to understand that? What did they say to you to get you to say, yeah, this is something that I should, I should be implementing? Well, thankfully, uh, about six months into the pandemic, some very big companies adopted this technology. Like, um, I believe some of the airlines, if I'm not mistaken, American, uh, JetBlue, and then some of the hotel chains adopted the technology and made it public. And then it went into some of the politicians' heads and they started to talk about it. So thankfully, uh, some of the big guys talked about it. And then when, you know, people don't really move or believe anything unless somebody famous says it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, thankfully, some big boys talked about it and it overnight, it clicked and, you know, the floodgates just opened. I mean, we sold, I can't tell you how, you know, millions of dollars worth of, of sprayers and it really just, you know, we broke through. That's it. Let's talk about that breakthrough, right? Because I think that's what many, many businesses aspire to do. Everybody wants to have that hockey stick uh, moment in in their business uh, where like they come across something or they finally uh, have a process that works or they hit a marketing campaign that just lights up. Uh, how many times have you experienced that? And what's that like uh, when that happens? I mean, obviously you feel amazing, but what about the workflow? What about the busyness? What, what about the backlog? I can't tell you how hard I worked at talking with with important people, the places of worship, the nursing home, uh, you know, facility managers, university managers, engineers, scientists. I flew on the West Coast when I shouldn't have during the pandemic and, uh, you know, and, and went into these big meetings. It took tons of work. And 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 honestly, I wasn't thinking about the money. And, and that's the secret to my success is throughout my my history as a serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I don't think about the money. I just work hard. I, uh, if I believe in something, I spread the word. I try to speak to the people I need to speak to, and it, it doesn't fail. Uh, if, you're, if you're speaking the truth on something and you have passion behind it and you're willing to give it your all. I mean, I lost years of my life, I would say, for the first you know, six months of the pandemic because I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I was sourcing parts from all over the world. Remember, shipping was at its all-time debacle during this pandemic. You couldn't get stuff from South America, from Asia, from Europe. It was nearly impossible. I was ordering parts from all parts of the world, 
staying up all kinds of times of the night because you know different time zones. Yeah. And I got to stay lucid and I got to stay on, on on top of my game because, you know, this is an important. This is a pandemic that's just catapulting into this monster. And I knew it was coming. I knew it was getting worse, and I knew not enough people were doing anything about it to stop it. They just thought it would go away. So it was tons of work, and nothing against most entrepreneurs, but most of them are not willing to put in the time, the devotion, the you know. The passion, learn about your product, relearn it, learn about other products. Um, it's it's time. You got to invest your time. You got to put your life on the line, and that's what I did. Well, well, let's hover on that for a second because I, I I agree with you. Most people aren't willing to put in the work, and then there are people who are willing to put in the work, but they put in the wrong type of work, right? So when when you're developing a business and developing these processes, and and there's so many different things that you can use your time doing. I mean, you can spend a ton of time researching a project or researching your product or service. But if you only do that, you're never going to get to anywhere else, right? So how did you how did you mitigate your time? How do you spread it out between doing the research that you need to do, picking up the phone, or setting up your marketing campaigns, actually managing the employees, looking at the product and getting the development, focusing on the shit? Like, how do you decide what goes first and which goes where? Well, you do have to put, you know, uh, you have to put a list together, right? And you have to prioritize. And there's no way you're going to get to everything on the list. So you have to start at the top. Some of the things at the bottom aren't going to get done. Um, good thing for me is I do I did have other businesses at the time. They were all dead due to COVID. So I was able to mobilize employees from different businesses and have them help, you know, give me the manpower, the hands-on help that I needed um, to actually um, verify the parts we were using, um, do a lot of research and development, so you got to be very organized and you're still still things are going to slip through. Um, I can't even start to tell you how many mistakes happened along the way. And we still had a, a huge windfall of a success. But you have to have great people that believe in you. So when you turn them on to something, say, hey, I need help with this. They immediately believe in you. They immediately start helping. And I'm thankful that I did have people to help. Um, on all levels, because not only did we have to make and manufacture these sprayers, but we had to brand them overnight. Nobody in America buys no frills. Very few people, especially when it costs over a thousand dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was mindful that I had to brand it. So I had, you know, I had a team of graphic artists. I had videographers. I'm making commercials. You know, I'm making videos uh, of competitive brands that aren't working. Um, it's just, I, I became a very functional schizophrenic. All right. So if, if, if you're the short answer is I became a schizo <laughs> and, hand, and handled my business in every diff, different, you know, person I was, I was split, you know, you know, that Dr. Jekyll and, and, and uh, what is it? Dr. Jekyll, and Mrs. Hyde or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, that you're, you're exactly right. It's funny because we all have to wear different hats. You know, being bald, we all wear hats anyways, right? But uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. There's different things that have to get done. Operational things, accounting things, marketing things. All those things need to get done. And finding a way to get them done, it oftentimes requires asking for help. 
<clears throat> and and I, I want to give you an example. Like literally today, I got off the phone with with uh, somebody that I've been working with, and I had been reaching out to get advice. I'd been reaching out to get uh, you know a little bit of, of wisdom and stuff. And and later today, we were talking. He's like, you know, the the best way to approach somebody is is to say something like, "Hey, how can we work together to make this happen?" Uh, and and it's it's eye opening because in my mind it's like duh that's the obvious question I should ask but it's not the question that I was asking when you're reaching out to some of these people to work with you to help you develop these products or to help you with whatever it is that's going on in your business how often do you bring them on and how do you vet them to be either employees to be contractors or to be partners? Well, let me tell you that's one of the hardest parts of scaling a business because you can only scale with more functional and productive people. And that is the challenge, I, I would say, for every business. Um, and it's nearly impossible um, when, you, when you're coming from a small business perspective. It's not like we're a big target and we can hire a thousand people, you know, a year and maybe, uh, you know, out of the thousand, a hundred are good. You know, they, 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 they do, you know, do a lot of turnover. Smaller businesses, each person means something. And you just have to, you know, through experience, you get really good at it, obviously. Uh, in the beginning, you start hiring a bunch of people that are killing your business. And as years go on, you get way, way smarter on on the on hiring people and really knowing, you know, it's like poker. You, you kind of pick it up right away like, oh, they said this. Oh, boy, this one's this one's not going to work out, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, experience helps uh, tremendously. Making a lot of mistakes with the wrong people helps. Uh, so people don't realize that making mistakes actually is part of the journey to becoming successful. Uh, without a lot of these mistakes, you'd never be successful because you wouldn't be able to, to um, navigate through that mistake when it hits you again, right? So um, so the, the short answer is experience, uh, really talking to people, spending the time, um, investing your time. Uh, don't just... Say, hey, oh, you graduated, uh, you know, 4.0 in this college and in business, you're hired. You know, that's lazy. Um, and small businesses, you, you can't afford to be lazy and you can't afford to just pay someone. You got to spend time. And, and that's what I emphasize to, you know, some of my, you know, peers and people, I'm, you know, that I consult. Invest time, saves you a lot of money later. Oh, dude. And, and, you know, I love how you, you talked about the failure and the biggest mistakes, right? Uh, and then I'm also going to compare that to the other thing you said about you weren't really focused on the money. And I want to kind of connect these two things because uh, I, I think it's not that you don't worry about money. It's not that you're not after the money. I just think the way it gets presented is always a little bit different. You're failing and trying things out. Those Oftentimes, those attempts cost money, right? They cost money, they cost time, they cost whatever it is that you're doing. But the way I look at money and the way other people look at money are completely different. I look at money as a tool. Every time I try something and it fails, I, I don't look at that lost money as, damn, I'm never going to get that back. It's just a resource that I can replenish to try something else. In your experience, as you're building your business, as you're failing forward, as you're trying these things, as you're not focusing on the money, can you explain your relationship to money and your relationship to failure and how they connect? Well, yeah, you, you actually hit it on the head. You know, money is a tool. Uh, it gives you options. And the more money you have, the more options you have, the more tools you have. But that doesn't mean you're going to be successful because there's plenty of people with money 
and they just blow it or pay plenty of people that made money and then they blow it and they don't know how to maintain it. They don't know how to grow it. Um, how many lotto winners lost it all? I mean, they, mm -hmm. they, they got those shows on TV. It's amazing. Uh, pretty much all of them because they, they didn't actually make that money. Uh, so the point is, uh, like you said, it, it is a tool. And for this specific you know, business that I started uh, during the pandemic, um, it was really bleeding out. I can't tell you how much money I spent uh, doing the research and development, uh, development of this product. Um, it started out as tens of thousands and then the zeros actually increased. And it's not like I had mo a money tree. Uh, I was moving money around. I was selling things. Um, I think I might have sold one of my kids. I got to check if they're still around. <laughs> but no. But um, uh, you know, I was going for loans the whole time because I knew this was a big, you know, this was a big task. Uh, trying to come up with a COVID solution, trying to brand it to this entire country, and doing it fast. All that is very expensive. Um, very expensive. So the point is. I didn't fear failing. I failed in the past. I've lost money and I and I've also made great successes with failures first. So I was never afraid to keep going through the process of keep reinvesting. That's where another another big uh, mistake that entrepreneurs make is they don't stick at it. Um, sometimes you got to know when to fold them, but sometimes you know they get to a level where they can't afford to keep going. So they should have prepared for that because now they may have reached a certain plateau and maybe they just needed that other 3000 to, to break it and then explode. So that's a big problem. Um, and I wasn't afraid, you know, I was fearless. I knew it was important. And I told everybody around me, I might lose everything doing this. And I'm okay with that because if I can save one life, one person from getting sick, um, I'm good with that. Uh, you know, I can I can sleep at night. Uh, so I wasn't afraid to risk it all on this venture. Um, and remember, you know, you risk a lot. You you have the chance of losing it all. And I was I was prepared to make that make that loss. And thankfully, I it worked out for me. <laughs> Dude, you've been through a lot of different things. You've tried a lot of different things. You've failed a lot of different times. How do you define success? So at what point do you realize that, okay, now now this is working, now I'm making it happen, now I'm thankful that I put my eggs in this basket? Yeah, and that's that's the hard part too because being a, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur down to, the, to my DNA. And, um, and at some point you do have to be content to a certain level. So what I did was when I built successes, whether they were small or big, and I didn't feel comfortable continuing uh to do that business i would you know flip the business i would sell it i would get a partner um and quite honestly money isn't my motivating factor so some of those businesses i just let them let them go and um it was a little careless to do that but it was you know some of them felt toxic and to me my my health was more important than making money and um so yeah to the short answer is you, you, you just got to do your best at, at whatever, you know, build that business to the best you can and ride it uh, for as long as you feel comfortable. And then when you feel that the ride is up, you know, try to sell it, try to find a partner to take buy into it. Or if it's toxic, sometimes you got to let go, you know, just like relationships. 
a lot of people stick, you know, they hold on to these, these bad, you know, marriages or, you know, partnerships and it's just toxic for everybody. And the same thing goes for business. Got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to let it go. Got to know when to handle the truth. I don't know right. when to hold them. Right? That's right, Kenny. I know <laughs> when to hold them. All right, dude. All right, so let's let's uh, let's wind this up with a with with a positive vibe. Look, there's a lot of people that are still in need of your product that, that you're clearing up, right? There's still people getting sick. There's still places that need to be disinfected. We got restaurants that want to open back up. We got gym facilities that need to open up back up. If there's people out there listening that want to get a hold or more information about your product, how can they get a hold of you? Well, the product uh, information is on the, the product website, which is sanaprosprayers.com. Uh, um, that's S-A-N-I-P-R-O, sprayers with an S.com. Uh, that'll take you right to the product site. And it really spells it out. It, we have great videos there. Some of the science is in there. Um, and we have, a, we have a, you know, a new product out that actually it, it, it puts a shield in your entire space. When we spray it, it puts a nice evenly coated shield. So whatever germ or virus touches that, that desk, that chair, anything that you sprayed, it pops. It kills it on contact. Now, this is getting vetted by the EPA as we speak, but it scientifically works. It's been proven. There's studies. Um, so logistically, every facility, every school, every everywhere we go can be virtually germ-free. Um but no one is really adopting this technology quickly. It's a little bit more money, um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So, all right, well, ladies and gents, Evan, Evan's been telling you guys, look, you, you're worried about being clean. You're worried about having a clean facility. You want to open your doors. You need to have some of the processes in place. So get, do what I always do. Go check it out. Look, learn, read a little bit, and then make a decision. Right. That's how it works. Evan, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, SantaProSprayers.com is where you can go. Check out more stuff on uh, Evan. Uh, what was that? Evan's website? Scroll on the bottom there, James. Evan Find your biz. MindYourBiz.biz or follow uh, Evan on Instagram at uh, EvanTheBiz. Evan, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Love your energy and you're doing some great things, my man. Thanks for having me, brothers. Much success and, and health. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys next week. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.